Shachtan, an Indo Askelige. Time in Mon Iruk the Yen of Chacht Erachor, Agasuligum, a Machan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nach Vetok, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestian Echo. Vien Talam again Omgrev, Orkar Nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Listen and follow the Left Wing Rugby Podcast with me, Will Slattery and Luke Fitzgerald. As far as I can see, I always want to get in the Irish team. And that should be every young player's dream and ambition in this country. And if you're playing in a place where you're not going to get the opportunities in the big games, that they're the ones that get you picked. They are the ones, the Champions Cup games are the ones that get you picked. You need to be playing in a team and starting in a team for those games. It's as simple as that if you want to play in the Irish team. Every week on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This is an Irish independent podcast. This is a national embarrassment. There is no two ways about it. This is the shop window for our country and we're making agents of ourselves. Today on the Indo-Daily, ghost passengers, drones and whistleblowers. The serious security setbacks at Dublin Airport. Last year, passengers had to contend with overflowing queues, missing flights and dirty terminals at Dublin Airport. I see a lot of people, different nationalities, getting very angry and distressed, cross. I even see one person arrested. I'm frustrated, I'm angry, I'm scared. It was total chaos. This year, the worries and concerns of passengers are more ominous. A whistleblower who works at the airport has made a protected disclosure into security and screening at the airport. The disclosure makes a number of really quite shock claims, saying that security screening is not fit for purpose, leaves risks for a possible terrorist attack. Last night we had to pause operations for around half an hour because of confirmed drone sightings around the airfield. In the protected disclosure, which has been seen by the Irish Independent, it is alleged that explosive devices could possibly slip through security and onboard flights as screening is at a critical situation within the airport. I'm Fionn Sheen, and today on the Indo-Daily, I'm joined by Gabia Gattavaskaita, political reporter with the Irish Independent, who exclusively revealed that a whistleblower working in Dublin Airport has made a protected disclosure about security and screening issues at the facility. Gabby, who is this man who ended up boarding a flight at Dublin Airport without any boarding pass or passport? Really quite an unbelievable story. So it was Abdul Ahmed, who's aged 48, and he made it through Dublin Airport on Monday night with no boarding pass, no passport. He was screened at security. DA have insisted he barged through Aer Lingus staff at the gate and he got on the plane going to Birmingham, the 7pm Dublin to Birmingham flight. Now, the Aer Lingus staff, you know, obviously very quickly called the airport police. Airport police 
got on the plane, he was actually sat in his seat and they had to physically uh, take him off the plane. He was charged um, in the CCJ and he had to pay a fine of €700 for um, trespassing with intent to commit an offence and also not presenting a passport when requested to Bangar the Shiakana because he's a non-national in the state. I I picture the following, right. I arrive at the airport get off the bus or, or the taxi, whatever. I go in the front doors, I look up at the board and I had to drop off my bag. In this case, this person had no bag, so he wasn't going down to any check-in area or anything, anything like that. You then proceed towards uh, security. At that point, normally you have to present something. Yes, your boarding card. So if you think, for example, in Terminal 1, you have this row of automated scanners and you just usually have your boarding card. I know I have it on my phone. You can have it printed out. You scan it and then you um, proceed through security, take out your liquids bag. Now, in Terminal 2, it is a little bit different. There are some automated scanners, but there also is a person with sort of a little shotgun, almost shotgun scanner, and he does it manually. So, look, the imp- we can assume that he perhaps avoided the person or whatever way he made it through that that check without a valid boarding card. So he would have got through there, that that check, before you go into the security He scanners. did his liquids and he did yeah. the laptop out of the bag. He did all that. And then obviously and he And then you're airside then at that point. Yes. Then you're, you're duty free. You can buy your cheap perfume or whatever else. So he was roaming around there. No passport, no boarding pass. He looked up at the board, um, saw the, the gate number, Went to the gate. Presumably he waited for it to start boarding. I'm not sure if he was on time or if he was... I think he was actually on time, so they would have been boarding. And he just made his way past the staff. Aer Lingus said he barged through their staff straight on to the little connector. Um, Ryanair doesn't have those connectors. It's only Aer Lingus that has a little connector from the terminal to the airplane. And he took it's a the air bridge, yeah. Air yeah. bridge. Yeah. Um, and he took a seat on the plane. And of course, Aer Lingus staff alerted airport police they very quickly came onto the scene um, and they took him from the aircraft and he was arrested and charged at the airport. Did he even have a ticket? Did he, was, he, was it even intended that he was supposed to be on that flight in the first place? My understanding is that he had no boarding pass at all okay. and that he had no passport. He was asked to show, Angarda Shekona asked him to present a passport and he was unable to do so. If anything, the Aer Lingus security system worked uh, in that the person who barged past was apprehended, I suppose, by by the airport police. But by now he had, he'd got onto the plane. What is the explanation from Dublin Airport Authority about how this gentleman got this far? So we don't really know how he got so far, they are saying that with any such incident, an internal review was underway. So I think... The point of that review will be to establish how did this actually happen. Um, they Presumably have, with CCTV, it can't be that hard really to track somebody down in an airport, going to an airport. Absolutely. And we're going to be, it's going to be interesting to see what the outcome of that review was going to be and what it's going to conclude ultimately. They're saying we'd never comment on security matters for obvious reasons. Um, they note the speedy apprehension of the individual, in this case by the airport police, um, and they're saying he was caught trespassing without a boarding card after being security screened and then his arrest by Angarda Shekhan and prosecution before the courts. So in fairness, the system worked a little bit and then it didn't, you know, or it worked, it did not work at the start and then it did where he was actually caught um, and he was, of course, arrested by airport police and he was charged in the courts. However, this incident does play in uh, with 
concerns that have been raised about security at Dublin Airport. Can you tell me about those? Yes. So a whistleblower who works at the airport has made a protected disclosure into security and screening at the airport. Um, The disclosure makes a number of really quite shock claims, saying that security screening is not fit for purpose, that it leaves the airport prone, it leaves risks for a possible terrorist attack. Um, And this protect disclosure is being taken very seriously um, the Irish Aviation Authority has now launched a formal investigation into it, they carried out a preliminary review and they found that there was prima facie evidence that wrongdoing may have occurred they are very insistent that these are allegations and they should remain allegations and they are proven differently but it does put, put a bit of heat on the transport minister, Eamon Ryan, um, in the disclosure, the whistleblower says that, you know, each morning he's allowing a roll of the dice and hoping that nothing happens. The whistleblower raising concerns about below par security screening at the airport where vulnerabilities could be exploited. So really quite um, very, very serious claims. And it goes back to those scenes that we saw at Dublin Airport after all restrictions were lifted. We saw hundreds of people and massive winding queues outside the airport and people were kind of scratching their heads going, how did this happen? People were going mad, like, there was no security or, you know. I see a lot of people, different nationalities, getting very angry and distressed, cross. I even see one person arrested. I'm embarrassed to see so many people from so many countries see our country and this organisation displayed in this way. I'm frustrated, I'm angry, I am scared. It was total chaos. People were aggressive, they were frustrated and exhausted. Everybody was, like, really, really angry. Well, we found out very quickly how it happened. We found out that, of course, when all travel dipped internationally, um, the DAA let go, I think it was about a 1,000 staff that took voluntary redundancies um, and left the organisation. So when the restrictions lifted, the DAA were under pressure to scramble and hire staff. The whistleblower alleges that some of those key um, training that you have to take to work in the airport, I suppose they're taking a softer route. So, for example, you have to take an exam if you want to work at the airport. There's Now, the whistleblower alleges there's two fails. You can only fail that exam twice. The claim is being made now that people are failing that exam over and over until they pass so that they work at the airport. So basically, just in a bid to hire as many extra staff as they possibly could, they're using all means available to them. And perhaps um, they're not abiding those really important rules that are in place. Um, And that's leaving vulnerabilities. Um, The airport is exposed to these vulnerabilities that could potentially lead to terrorist attack. Taoiseach, there have been uh, huge queues in Dublin Airport in recent days with people missing flights. A lack of staff to carry out security checks is causing these queues. The Dublin Airport Authority is advertising for more security staff. The ad for these roles makes it clear that staff must be available to work 40 hours a week and to be available to work across a 24-7 roster. Employees must be available to work at weekends, on bank holidays, at night time and in early mornings. However, the Dublin Airport Authority is only guaranteeing 20 hours of work a week and a pay of just €283 a week. The DAA is clearly engaging in a race to the bottom, driving down working conditions. Explain to me how a whistleblower makes a protected disclosure. So this is this is something that's made confidentially and it doesn't necessarily go to the organisation, it goes to a, somebody who's supervising them, basically. 
Yes, so there is a number of ways that you can make the disclosure. You can make the disclosure to the organisation. Um, what happened in this case was that with the whistleblower wrote the protected disclosure, which is usually a document, and under protected disclosure legislation, that whistleblower is protected, even if the claims that are being made in the disclosure turn out to be not true. Now, the way that it was handled in this case, the, whist- the disclosure was written, it was um, handed to Minister Ryan in the Dáil Chamber by Labour TD Duncan Smith. Um, the, whistle- the disclosure sort of made its way through the Department of Transport, Officials, I think, took about three months. They didn't really much act on it. The whistleblower got in touch again, and they said, and he, you know, the point was made. What's taking so long? I put in the disclosure three months ago, so it was made in June. Um, by October, the officials were getting emails saying, "What's the delay here?" You know, I've put in, I put in the disclosure. Um, officials reviewed some of the information, and it was passed on to the Irish Aviation Authority. The Irish Aviation Authority then carried out its own preliminary review found that there's prima facie evidence. Um, so in this case, it could be argued that although Minister Ryan perhaps was a little bit slow off the mark, the officials took their time, they did their duty, and now it's under the remit of the, of the IAA as the regulator in this case. You broke this story in recent weeks, uh, exclusively in the Irish Independent. What has the fallout been from that? Do you think that it being made public has has sped up the process? Well, there's certainly political pressure now, which there wasn't really before when all this is happening behind closed doors. So what we're seeing now is that um, the Iraqis Transport Committee, members of that committee, raising very serious concerns about um, the details that we have reported. You know, Senator Timmy Dooley described the claims made by the whistleblower as deeply disturbing. And the DAA are now will be coming before the committee to answer all those questions in the coming weeks, it may very well be the case that in relation to the claims made by the whistleblower, they might say, well, look, you know, that's under investigation by the AA. There's not much we can say there. Obviously, we did have a man before the courts and that uh, case is now now over. So they should be able to answer questions in that regard. But it does pose political pressure. And I think when it comes to whistleblowers making allegations, um, when there is public and political pressure, it, it does act to speed up the process a little bit. What else is going on at Dublin Airport at the moment? There, it, it seems to be at the, the centre of attention quite a lot. What's happening with the drones? For around 40 minutes this afternoon, flight operations at Dublin Airport were suspended after two confirmed drone sightings on the airfield. Last night we had to pause operations for around half an hour because of confirmed drone sightings uh, around the airfield. So the airport has had to have it's has to, had to halt flights I think six times now because of drones that you know would have entered the airspace, obviously posing um, a huge risk to aircraft. You know planes can't be taken off if there's drones flying around the sky. That, by the way, is illegal. Um, so it it shouldn't be happening. There doesn't seem to be too much kind of going on to prevent it happening. I suppose I don't know there is now anti drone technology that ministers are trying to put in place. But it does cause, you know, a lot of disruption for passengers on a very basic level. We did have the European Aviation Safety Agency last year come out with really quite a scary report saying that bombs have bombs and guns have been smuggled into Dublin Airport. So again, that kind of feeds into some of the concerns being raised by the whistleblower into security screening. Um, yes, the winding queues. I mean, we saw, I think, weeks of coverage across all, interna- all national media 
any and international media on the chaos at the airport because restrictions were lifted. There was not enough staff to deal with those queues. But in fairness, there was also a lot of people that were passing through the airport. I think one of the chief executives of the airport was saying that we have the equivalent of an Ed Sheeran concert passing through the airport. I mean, that is difficult to deal with, even if you are fully staffed. So Dalton Phillips, who was the CEO at the time, says, you know, there was a right-sizing program and around a third of the for- of the workforce would permanently leave the organisation. But then we did see, of course, those long queues and then they were scrambled to hire additional staff. The whistleblower alleging that in this process, some of those, um, you know, training boxes were ticked but they were ticked and not maybe the staff didn't necessarily have the training up to high standards as they should be. What we're saying to passengers today is that we expect that 90% of passengers will get safely through security in less than 20 minutes so that's on the back of us improving the rate at which we recruit security staff so we're happy where, we're, where we are today we've got about 700 security staff and that will increase to about 820 for the summer. They do have a new CEO now, Kenny Jacobs. He was appointed in November of last year. And even in more recent weeks, we saw protests at the airport, um, which were you know anti-immigration protests by a crowd of people who blocked the exit and the entrance to the airport. Again, even more chaos for passengers. As an island nation, this is probably our most critical piece of infrastructure uh, Very much being so. our, our busiest airport. Passenger numbers back up to an exceeding where it was before uh, COVID. Do you get the impression now at this point that the, the government is taking um, the management and the operation of Dublin Airport quite seriously? I haven't seen that much maybe desire from the government to act just yet. I mean, on the back of a number of things, we did see, you know, transport ministers of the day come out and have their piece to say on the airport, be it Hildegard Nocton, be it now Jack Chambers. But like the concerns that are being raised by the whistleblower are really quite grave, I would say. I mean, if the airport, if security standards at the airport are such that it could lead to a possible terrorist attack. That's not something to be taken lightly. And those concerns are not coming out of the blue. We saw that report saying guns and explosive devices have been smuggled through the airport. I mean, that's... And even in the whistleblower, um, the the even in the disclosure, the whistleblower makes the point that if you look at Lockerbie, for example, the deadliest terrorist attack to have ever taken place in the UK, I think where those explosive devices originated um, was actually Malta and the bag kind of passed through, through Frankfurt and then ended up in the UK. So, it, you know, that's really quite a serious... Um, issue that we have at the airport. I think it would be interesting to see how the DEA executives get on when they appear before the Iraq Transport Committee um, and what the finding is of that AA investigation into the disclosures. You know, do they hold them all up and say, yes, there's a big problem here, we need to act? Of course, then it'll put a lot of pressure on Minister Ryan if he's, you know, still Transport Minister by then, by the time the investigation's concluded. What are the Dublin Airport Authority saying in relation to this incident and your report of this man managing to ghost his way onto a plane? Yes. So there's been a number of statements made by both DA and Aer Lingus. So when I first started reporting was on Monday night when the man managed to board the flight and then, of course, he was um, arrested and under the custody of Angarda Shikhan. I put inquiries into DAA and Aer Lingus and the DAA declined to comment. Um, Aer Lingus said that they were assisting Angarda Shikhan with, um, with with that incident. Um, we published our report on in 
Wednesday's newspaper and um, on Wednesday morning there was news statements that the DAA issued now suddenly saying they have, um, with any incidents like this, we do have an internal review in place. Um, The Aer Lingus also had a new statement that they um, did not share with us before we published our story, saying that this man, giving actually quite helpful detail, saying that the man barged through um, Aer Lingus staff to make his way onto the aircraft. So it's interesting because when I did my reporting of the disclosure in the first case, it was also, you know, I think DAA released a more substantive t- statement after we published our story um, because it was being followed up by local and national ra- radio. And also, in the, you know, even in recent days, we saw you no know, national media picking this up as well. And they had a more um, expansive statement for them. So, Gabby, that's quite a disturbing picture there of security uh, at, at Dublin Airport. Obviously, we're heading into the busy season now. Easter holidays starting the run into the summer. I'm joined now by travel editor of Independent Ali, Paulo Canela, to discuss what you can anticipate uh, at Dublin Airport and how to cut your time going through security. Paul, last summer was dominated by massive queues and delays at Dublin Airport. Are we expecting the same this year? Well, with the, the short answer is we don't know. Uh, Dublin Airport and DAA says it's very it's confident that 90% of all passengers will be through security in 20 minutes this summer. And that's a fairly bold claim, but I do recall them saying something similar before last summer. And in fairness, those security delays weren't every week or every weekend, but they were enough to really cause chaos when they did happen. So they say they have them under control. They have the hiring done. They have a new plan to make the airport more customer friendly. They say there's going to be a refurbished fast track and things like more seating and charging sockets and better cleaning and so on. But really, uh, Fiona, the proof will be in the pudding. And don't forget, it's not just security that can delay flights. Michael O'Leary has been out warning about the, the possible disruptions from air traffic control strikes. Uh, we have to hopefully get the airlines getting all that those luggage delays under control. So fingers crossed, but I do feel we're in a better position than we were at this time last year. Now, one thing that can speed up security checks are actually the passengers themselves. So give us a few tips on what people should be doing uh, in order to make sure that they can themselves can get through security as speedily as possible, therefore helping everybody else as well. Yeah, that's a good point. So the Dublin Airport's advice at the moment is to get there two hours before a short haul flight or three hours before a long haul flight. But if you're checking in a bag, allow an extra hour. So there's a few things around that. First of all, if you can at all, just avoid that whole check-in process. Uh, bring carry-on bags or use the Aer Lingus facility to drop your bags the evening before if you're on an early morning flight and you live nearby or staying at an airport hotel. Um, I would also take a quick read of the security rules. You mightn't have flown since last summer. It might have been a little while. You still have to get those liquids out in the plastic bags, remove your electronics, the belt, the shoes, all that kind of crack. And we all know what it's like when you're standing behind people who haven't done it. And then you suddenly realize you haven't done it either. And there's this kind of accordion uh, effect throughout the queue. Uh, a couple of other things you can do if you want to spend an extra few bob fast track um, it starts at 7.99, goes up to about 12.99 per person if you want to jump the queue that way. And the other way, of course, is if you fly outside of the busy morning times, if you fly midweek, if you fly off peak, not a luxury that's available to many parents, of course, but if you can do that, avoid the rush hours, you should have a smoother journey. 
And of course, the other thing you can do is avoid Dublin entirely. Cork says it's it's advising people to go there 90 minutes before. And uh, Shannon's has so much parking, it's even offering special offers off. So <laughs> a few ideas there. And my thanks to Bola Canela and earlier Garibia Gatavikskaita. I'm Fiona Sheen, and today's episode was produced by Gareth Mulhall, researched by Owen Maloney, with sound by Gavin Hennessy. Archive clips from RTE, Newstalk, Virgin Media, and Independent.ie. If you enjoy the Indo Daily, don't forget to like, follow, and leave us a review.